Today's episode of After Later is brought to you in part by Alamo Remedy CBD. Yes, there is a lot of CBD companies out there, but Alamo Remedy is for Texans, by Texans, and built in Texas. Alamo Remedy has one mission. Your wellness shouldn't break the bank, and that's why they price all of their products at just $17.99. That's almost half off compared to other national brands. Alamo, R-E-M-E-D-Y dot com, promo code after later at checkout, 10% off. Delicious hemp-derived CBD gummies, cucumber melon-scented CBD lotions, capsules, tinctures. Every product features 250 milligrams of CBD and only costs $17.99. So everybody can afford them and you get the best quality CBD products. AlamoRemedy.com. Enter the promo code at checkout after later. That's all caps, all one word for 10% off all products and free shipping on orders over $49. Now, Alamo Remedy loves Texas, but they are happy to ship to you anywhere in the great U.S. of A. I've got my order coming soon. Can't wait to tell you about how great they work for me. Don't forget, promo code after later, great CBD products at alamoremedy.com. Greetings, everybody, and welcome to the After Later podcast. I'm your host, John Wessling. It is currently when I am uh, the 3rd of July, and it's uh, late in the evening. I recorded an interview earlier today with a very good friend of mine, a very, very talented dude, and I'm very excited to bring that to you. I think you're going to love it. I think it's going to be one of my uh, better ones you're going to dig. But after I did the interview, normally that's when I would sit down and hammer out the beginning and end of the episode and and then publish it. But uh, I got busy running errands, doing family stuff, kid stuff. Uh, made some dinner, watched an episode of Cosmos, and then just realized, holy shit, I forgot to uh, forgot to finish my podcast today. It's about to be 4th of July weekend. I figured I needed a good one up over the weekend since everyone's been advised to celebrate their independence <laughs> indoors and at home in their own backyard. So, nice long holiday weekend of chilling. I figured, hey, you never know. Might be a couple of people extra out there listening to podcasts, so, you know, we'll get a good one out there. Uh, like I said, it's uh, Friday evening. Uh, my daughters have gone to bed, well, except for the, my oldest, Kenny. She just stays up later than we do now. And now I'm sitting on a little kid chair in my bathroom while uh, watching my, my big boy here take a shower. Uh, how's the shower going, Keaton? That's good. You playing with all your water toys? cats running around me. It's been a, a very uh, a busy day in the Westling household, and as I'm sure it has been for uh, uh, most of the households around the, the country uh, that have at least one member of the family who's a theater kid, uh, because today is Hamilton Day. They released Hamilton on Disney+, Plus, and not just Hamilton, but original cast shot at the, uh, the, the stage performance. So... My wife finally got to watch it. She hadn't, uh, I think she, maybe you had listened to it before, right? You just hadn't uh, watched the whole thing yet? Yeah, just listen to the, the tracks from other people who had seen it. So, my wife and the girls, they sat and they watched uh, Hamilton and instantly fell in love with it. I mean, it was like, it was like the gay Super Bowl in my house today, you know? 
They watched it I twice, at least twice. Yeah, wife. They watched it twice. Now she's listening to it. She's probably in some sort of subreddit right now, uh, arguing with people about it. I mean, they are all about it. I didn't get, I got to watch a little bit of it, and what I watched, I I thought it was great. I thought it was really good. Um, so yeah, I'll watch it. All right? It's really good. Great piece of great piece of theater. But yeah, Sarah is now <laughs> full blown. Team Hamilton. We already liked Lynn Manuel Miranda. Uh, we've liked him ever. I mean, ever since uh, Electric Company. Wasn't that, what was the name of their group on Electric Company, babe? But it was. Uh, yeah, they did little raps and teaching language. You know, very Sesame Street type kind of segment. And uh, the one that we always remembered was Silent E is a Ninja. <laughs> so it's funny to us that we see the guy who did the. The uh, Learn Your Letters raps from the Electric Company is by the biggest star on Broadway right now. And amazing. Glad to see it. It's really cool. So anyway, I've got a, a great uh, episode for you today that I want to share with you. Something good for you to listen to over the uh, the 4th of July holiday, however you choose to celebrate it. This is probably the most interesting 4th of July uh, I've ever lived through in my life. By the way, that noise you're hearing is, is, is not butt-related. That's Keaton squeezing his little... Uh, ducky toys and stuff to try to fill up a cup full of water. I know if I told you that I'm sitting in the bathroom and you hear that like that, you might think that was butt related, but it is not. Keaton, is that just a toy? Which one is that? Making the noise. It's the green one. What's the green one? Is that a frog? Yeah, it's a frog. Maybe squeezing a frog. That's coming out of a plastic frog's butt. Yeah, he's loving it. He's having a great time. But my guest today... Uh, we met each other back at the Laugh Stop here in Houston. Saw the guy come up in comedy. He is by far one of the premier impressionists in the country. Uh, you can see his work on Showtime's Our Cartoon President. He plays Mitt Romney, plus several other voices here and there. I think he's also Chuck Schumer, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, you can hear him on Jimmy Dore's podcast, doing all the voices. He used to do voices for me on my radio show here in Houston. For those of you who are listening, who used to listen to the Afternoon Delight show that we did on 1560, he was Mitt Romney, and he is absolutely amazing at it. Uh, he just recently went viral with uh, a Harrison Ford video. Harrison Ford from the 90s talking to Harrison Ford of today. Uh, it was very, very funny, and we're talking millions of millions of views uh, and we're all buddies, man. It's good to get to talk to them. Uh, so after a quick word from Old Humble Straight Whiskey, we'll get right to talking to Mike McCray. Good job, Keaton. Howdy, stranger. You look like you need a drink. Now I could pour you something pretentious from some sort of designer bottle, charge you an arm and a leg, pretend you're sitting on a leather chaise, stroking something velvet, but to hell with that mess. You need a real man's drink. Get yourself some Old Humble Straight Whiskey down your hatch and get your mind right. Old Humble Straight Whiskey is a clean, crisp, and easy drinking whiskey from right here in Humble, Texas. 90% corn, 10% malted barley, and 100% ready to whoop your ass. Old Humble Straight Whiskey is the official whiskey of the working man. You ain't got time for inferior brown liquors or bubblegum flavored schnapps or some overpriced trash vodka poured out some kind of crystal unicorn's ass. Nah. 
old humble straight whiskey does the job right the first time. Drinks like a champ, no matter how you pour it. On the rocks, neat in a cocktail, or my favorite, a double shot in a hot glass, clenched in your fist and thrown back the back of your throat. Old Humble Straight Whiskey, it kicks like a mule right where you need it every time. Go to oldhumbledistilling.com. Get yourself a big bad bottle at Specs tonight. And if they don't have it where you get your liquor, you need to get somewhere better. Old Humble Straight Whiskey. Is this a camera thing? No, not at all. Audio only. Oh. Yeah, you no pants, no shower. You don't have to do anything. Yeah, man, I showered and combed my hair. What is this? What the hell? You wasted it. I hope you got a Zoom show or something later. Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. Are we, re- are we recording? Yeah, it's already technically recording. I can okay. cut it. I can cut it if you want to say something racist real quick. No, not at all. Of course oh, not. <laughs> Why would I? Yeah, I should. There should be a little red light blinking on your side that says we're recording. Don't yeah, say racist yeah. shit. Yeah, it does. Whoa, it does say that. That's weird. <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, it's a it's a white uh, podcast uh, app. It's uh, it's got a oh, filter okay. in it to keep you out of <laughs> keep it from being canceled. Anti anti canceling software. Oh my! Okay, I, 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 all sorts of new technology I got to get used to during a quarantine. You know, it, it moves fast, doesn't it? You know what I mean? Something that was you never heard of before, and then right around March fifteenth became a household item like Zoom. And oh and yeah, man, that's crazy. Yeah, they they won that quick in a hurry, dude. Just I mean, dominated. You talk about a comeback. Google Hangouts, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, and Skype. Fucking yeah, I know. Skype had a ten-year head start on their ass and got laughed at the fucking right when it mattered. What was the advantage to Zoom? I wasn't even really, I didn't was, really think about it. I think it's because uh, you could stream like they just had like a click a button and it was right there on yeah. uh, Facebook and shit. So they were like, "All right, well, fuck, we can get everybody in here and I can stream it." Yeah, Skype, you got to dial in. It's- a little more yeah. laborious, I guess. Yeah, that's their fault. They made it a pain in the ass, and look what happened to them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope you don't mind. I'm uh, I'm very informal when I do my my podcast, uh, Mike. I don't. You're probably used to a lot of very professional operations. I don't. I, I've never done one a professional one before. So really, I all... thought when you do a Jimmy Dore show and other stuff like that. It oh seems well, like yeah, that's, that's that's legit. That's a that's a funded operation. Yeah, yeah, that is that has grown into quite quite the thing. That's you probably true. do have to actually shower up and pant up. I'm not on camera. I'm over the phone for that, so they don't see me. You don't feel like your voice sounds different when you're dressed nice? Uh, I don't think so. You don't do that for characters? I figure you're a man of a million voices. You ever have a little tics or something like that that helps you get in the character? Like a little little talisman that makes you feel like... You can do a great Sean Connery or anything like that, or can you do no. it just cold? Yeah, no, it's all vocal. I don't have anything like that. No, no weird little like what helps you get? What helps you build a like? A, okay, I, I should probably just say that right off the bat. I feel bad. I know you you probably hate having people ask you about voices and shit like that, right? I mean, I before no, I start, I should. No, I don't hate it. You don't hate it? Okay, good, because because you'll forgive me because I assume you, I assume it's going to come up. Right? Does it ever not come up? Like, we could right now. You want to do an entire podcast and, and never mention the voices? I, I'd, I'd do that just to see if we, how we could do that. No, there's no point in that at all. 
Why, why, why hogtie ourselves? Like yeah, right. That? Yeah, no shit. We already have so much. Uh, we already got two strikes against us. Why, why fuck it up even harder, right? Well, how do you start? How do you build one? Like, do, do they just sort of? You have a pile of voice ranges, you know, and kind of have categories off of that. Like, can you? Yeah, I mean, I just have to sort of notice someone after a while, and like, I have to be able to hear their voice in my head first of all. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it has to be, I have to, my brain has to kind of absorb what that person sounds like. And that's just, uh, it's not like exerted effort on my part. It's just mm-hmm. like, uh, it's just over time. If you just obser- uh, observe them long enough, you pick up the little Yeah, I see, like I see enough movies or TV shows with that person in it, or if they're a politician, you know, if I hear them talk enough and then I can just hear the voice in my head. And if it's like kind of within my range then maybe I'll just sort of play with it a little bit. And um, is that when you sort of go, go Miles Davis style and just sort of, all right, I'm locked in on the voice, baby. I'm just going to walk around and groove with it and talk to the cat with it. <laughs> there's a lot of, there, yeah, there's a lot of talking to myself that goes on. <laughs> it's a good thing I live alone. But yeah. So, I mean, there's you not neighbors in the apartment complex. They're like, man, the old, the old neighbor used to fuck all the time. And that was great. This guy is just. This is way weirder. This is strange. <laughs> They're like, who's Shea Wiggum? What is this? <laughs> That's fun. What's uh what's your um what's your Moby Dick? What's the one you've been trying to get and can't get? Oh, well, uh well traditionally it's Tom Hanks. Like okay. that's sort of the classic one for me. But then more re- I love doing character actors that people kind of know who they are. Uh, you got a good Harvey Keitel, Michael Shannon. Oh, that's a good one. That's is uh, I'm I'm very close, you know. But uh, that's a that's, good one. That's a, he's like he's a great modern bad guy. Yeah, no, he's you know he's I, I I like getting people who are like on the cusp of everyone kind of knows who they are. It's like uh, when I did uh, when I started doing Vince Vaughn. Like he he was just kind of starting to get like it's like you have to it's like the market you got to buy in when they're low, so you got to choose choose an, uh, a rising star and then you become the guy who's really good at doing their voice. That's pretty clever, you know. And then Bob, I remember doing yeah when I started doing Vince Vaughn, Bob Bigger stuff was like no I don't know where it nobody knows who that is like I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> which is hilarious to me because it's two layers deep you've also wasted time to get a good bob biggerstaff who is also someone bob would say no one knows who that is yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh that is way accurate too i'm gonna i got an episode with bob you should go back and listen to it, it sounds just like him <laughs> I wonder after a while if we're just if we are we really doing a Bob Biggerstaff voice or are we doing Sean Rouse's version of making? Well, yeah, well, he but also he's cultivated his own. You know what I mean? It's like how Christopher Walken started talking more and more like the impressions of him. <laughs> like Bob's, I think Bob sort of absorbed these sort of uh, parodies of Bob. He's like, yeah, that's who I am. Yeah. I can see like Christopher Walken on purpose, like when he knows he's doing a, a red carpet or going to be interviewed. I just I thought I'd say this weird to fuck with Frank Caliendo. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, think he, I think he does do that. <laughs> That's funny. That's cool. I, I like how that you have to 
you have to pick a horse. Like you're picking stock. You're picking rising stars. Exactly. Yeah. It's hard. Cause then if you wait too long, then like other people have like mastered it or done it or whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's a little bit of a, anybody's game. Is there anyone who has a good impression that scared you off of one? Cause theirs was better. Oh yeah. I mean, uh, well, like, you know, a dome, well, yeah, it's like a domian. James Adomian is fantastic. And, uh, and he does a few that was just like, ah, oh, like his Jesse Ventura. It had never like occurred to me to do that. But then I saw how funny his Jesse Ventura impression was. And I was like, man, that was right there in front of me the whole time. Yeah, I know. And, uh, it never even occurred to me to, uh, uh, to do that. So, Usually it's like more of like a man, okay, hats off type thing for uh, when when someone else gets someone like that. Have you ever uh, like gone all in like this? This person's going to be the next big thing, and they whiff, and you're like, you wasted a good. You got to like you're now you're like, oh shit, I got a great impression of a fucking B actor guy, no one cares about, or someone who got canceled. Oh, even worse. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like. Kevin Spacey. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. I've done that. Kevin Spacey was like, well, okay, that's the, well, yeah. So, well, for the Jimmy Dore show, sure, I do a lot of Jimmy Dore show. I do a yeah. lot of political uh, impressions. So sometimes those people just kind of fade away and they go away and they become kind of irrelevant. Um, but well, then they That's don't. good sometimes. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there is kind of like betting on the wrong horse type stuff there you know like i you know uh, you know so uh, like i feel kind of compelled to like that's that's like a job so i'm like okay i have to figure yeah, out that's not that. so bad so like uh pete buddha judge or whatever you know like i, I well, did yeah. him once and then you know like and then he drops out you know a few months later i was like well okay well that's that was a one and done but uh <laughs> but that's, that's sort of the that's how his supporters feel too about him i think unfortunately i think so I'm like well yeah, that was like, good Everyone's forgotten about, it. and then I, you know, I had to develop a Biden. Oh you know, yeah, you, you know, we got no choice now. <laughs> yeah. uh, ironically, you. I tried to no ignore him for a whole eight years when he was vice president. <laughs> I don't need to do an impression of this guy, but now I do. You know me. You know my record. That's really good. That's good, and, and you had to. At some point, you had to declare, are you going to be a Trump guy or are you going to be a Biden guy? I just, yeah, and I don't want to do Trump. Everyone does Trump. I have no interest in doing Trump. You know, other people have got that down. And, like, I don't feel like, uh, you know, I, you know, when Obama, you know, obviously, a lot of people ended up doing Obama impressions. But I, I developed one, like, during the primaries when kind of people didn't really have a read on him. And I, you know, I felt like uh, I got, I got his oratorical style down. So I, so that became a part of my act for a while for, you know, for a long time. You have a very good Obama. Uh, I've heard it. Well, I appreciate that. (laughs) And uh, it's good to be with you on anchor. (laughs) (laughs) It's better than zoom. (laughs) No pants required. That's their official app. No pants Uh, required. No pants. (laughs) Uh, so you know so like i felt like okay like when i feel like i've figured out like when i feel like i personally have figured it out by myself i'll keep doing the impression if it's part you know as part of my even if other people also are doing it 
But like, try, I mean, people have had Trump impressions forever. Mm-hmm. And I also just like fucking hate. Them. I have a problem sometimes when I hate the person too much. I'm like, I'm not. I, I, there's no way that's going to be accurate because my my feelings of it's going to be oh. mockery. Yeah, going to be a solid voice. It'll be just like, look at me, I'm a fucking dickhead. Ugh. Fuck the like, poor. Ugh, fuck you. Like going back to Bob. It's the same thing, man. It's just, <laughs> there's, so much, there's so much contempt wrapped up in it. Dude, I can see. You know how uh, sometimes, sometimes young couples have the hottest sex when they hate each other a little bit? Yeah. There's got to be one or two where you've had their voice nailed and you hate them. And just like, ah, oh, it's like the more I hate them, the better I get it. Jesus. Oh, like, has the dark side ever helped you with a, getting a character down? Well, I, I don't know if you remember a long time ago, I used to do Kurt Loader in my act. <laughs> yes, and I, I always, remember that. I always thought he was the most fucking full of it fucking dude ever. So I don't know if I'd say I hated him. Obviously, there's no reason to like despise Kurt Loader, but I was just like, oh, this guy's just fucking full of himself. And so, yeah, that was probably the closest one. But, you know, every other, you know, it's like actors and stuff. Uh, and even like politicians that I don't, that are on like a side that I'm not down with. There's always something about them. Like I do Mitt Romney. Like I didn't vote for Mitt Romney, but like he seems like a friendly fella. You know, I, it's not like I ever have any personal animus towards Mitt Romney. I, I feel probably he's, he's a he's a good family man, and he's he's, he's a, 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 a just a pleasant gentleman. Dude, I tell you, you, so I always try to find the likable angle to some of these people. I think it's a little more fun that way. That's very smart too. I think because it keeps it a little bit more mainstream and friendly. Because then it's a, it's it's an impression that's not a mockery of. It's a, it's you know, it's, yeah, a, it's a legit. Same with, Rick, same with Rick Perry. You know, I I don't I don't agree with him on on nothing, but it's fun to make like a sort of a fun Texan dude out of him. You know, I like you know just. Doing what we do in Texas, just hanging out with business leaders and uh, talking about business, rolling up our sleeves, <laughs> getting down to work with business, and that sort of thing. That is uncanny how good that is, Rick Perry. Uh, I, thank you. Yeah. And just, I know there's not a visual here, but I'm wearing my smart guy glasses right oh. now, so I look smart. The Clark Rick, Kent look, yeah. That's what Rick Perry does. Sometimes you don't even recognize me. Like, who is that smart, <laughs> handsome man? It's Rick Perry. That's who. <laughs> that is fucking hilarious. Is it, those glasses that he wears, you can tell that it was given to him by some sort of really expensive campaign manager image expert. Oh, for sure, yeah. That was like their wear big these. move. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'll wear them. I look good. I like that. Oh, look at that. His, his, his usual glasses are probably those, like, giant, like, what Jerry Seinfeld's dad wore in the show. Like, <laughs> fucking things. That's probably what Rick Barry's original glasses were. They're like, man, you can't do that. You can't, you can't, you can't do that shit. That's fucked up. That's uh, funny. What I like it. These are my these are my daddy's uh, on his dresser at the ranch. And just... <laughs> yeah, it's like a family heirloom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He was a Texas Ranger. He shot three men wearing these glasses. So I... we all have the same eyes in my family. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, there's like a there's like a gravel there that has like a old country for or no country for old men vibe to it. Like that's I hear West Texas in that. That's true. That's where he's from out there. You know, all that part of the state, if I'm not mistaken, I probably should know that. He, he, I believe he would call it God's country. Oh, it is. It is God's country out there. 
he kind of forgot about it, but it's his. <laughs> <laughs> My accountant reminded me that I had a property out here. And we don't, we don't, we don't talk about that name either. No, oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. He had a horribly racist sign on his property. That's yeah. that got kind yeah. of forgotten about. I am going to say it on this podcast. <laughs> no, no, don't worry. I, we have the technology at Anchor to prevent it from being aired. So <laughs> <laughs> it would just go. <laughs> it, would re- it. it would replace it with an appropriate one, you know. Neighbor. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, I, I told you I, I'm a little in, informal when I do my my podcast because I'm folding laundry as we speak. So if you're hearing like a weird sound, oh no, you warned me about laundry. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. Well, hear any weird folding laundry sounds? <laughs> that's, I'm doing foley here. <laughs> uh, shit. Well, hold on. Let me check the time. How long have we been bullshitting here? Because I want to. I want to keep you too long, and we we'll go for essentially two twenty-minute segments. That's uh, that's what I shoot for. Oh, I, I. I know what I wanted to ask. I wanted to talk to you about uh, Mitt Romney, dude. Because when I was doing the radio show in 2012, which was the election season then, and you came on as Mitt Romney, that was the biggest hit thing I had ever brought to that radio station. <laughs> And they reacted so oh, over wow. the top positively to it that it made me question the way they had been treating me previously. <laughs> oh, yeah? It was like when really? it was all, of a, all of a sudden, whoa, hey, that's really good. Hold on. <laughs> you know? And it was fucking stellar, dude. It was fantastic. And I don't, did I ever tell you about the, the uh, sales manager trying to get me to get you to do a call in thing for some Republican group? I don't think so. I don't if, think I, oh, ever, I don't remember. Well, I don't think I brought it to you because this kind of turned me sour with the guy because mm-hmm. he was like the what are the the you know the head of the sales department for the radio station cluster, and they had heard you doing Mitt Romney on the show, and it was fucking hilarious, and and dead on. Like people were were confused that it sounded so real that that is this really Mitt Romney talking shit on a sports talk station? Nice. Right. And so he came to me. He's like, uh, how can I get your friend to do a call in? I've got some some higher up friends in the Republican Party. who We'd like to pull some pranks on them. <laughs> you know, and it was just over. It was it was it, it didn't seem like a fun gig opportunity. You know what I'm saying? Like they were well, was the, there money involved. Well, well, here's where it got funky. So I said, because I know the rule when someone tries to offer a friend of yours a gig and you don't think they're going to want to do it. Ask for a lot of money because God forbid. Yeah. yeah. It usually solves the problem. They'll either pay it and it's worth doing or they scoff. Well, he kind of scoffed. I, he's like, how much would it cost? Or, you know, he first of all, he asked me just to get you to do it because clearly I got you to do the, the radio uh, show. Yeah. See people fucking. Yeah. So I wasn't doing that. Does he understand like, Hey, I'm friends with John. I'm, I don't know you. <laughs> yeah. Does, does exactly. he see, do people like that see the difference? Now they want you on their side of the exploitation. Like, hey, you fucked him. Fuck him for me, too. Come on, man. You and me, we're in this together. <laughs> God damn it. Right. So anyway, I, I said, uh, it had, I think there was some sort of performance thing to it. Like, it was supposed to be a call-in at a dinner. Like, they were going to speak or phone while they were sitting around having their, you know, ruin the world fundraiser. Mm-hmm. And I said, that's probably at least, like, Twenty five hundred to five thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. I, I figure, what's the tipping point 
fuck them number where you'd actually go, you know what? Hold on, John. I will, I will actually do this <laughs> for, for that amount of money. But I'm thinking he's talking about it's in Austin at some sort of, you know, massive fundraiser for the Texas Republicans. I'm like, there's money to be made here. <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah. They yeah. have money. If you're going to dance with the dark side, you got to at least get the check, man. I mean, like, fuck. Like two plates would pay for my fee. Oh, fuck. Half of a plate. One coffee <laughs> at this point. <One>. <laughs> and don't worry, they'll write it off on their taxes at twice the price. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So then what happened? Well, he scoffed at that like, oh, well, that's a little rich. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I said, I hit him back with like your your credits. I'm like, well, just so you know, he's not just like some chode, chode I know here in Houston, Kendon Bar somewhere. He's like, this guy's been on TV several times. I think you had just done a, a like you had just recently done one of your late night or the uh, the Letterman, I think. Okay. So I'm like, this is. I felt the price was appropriate for the the caliber that he was asking me to procure, and then he again tried to put the squeeze on. Well, it sure would be cool of you if you could get him to just sort of do it. I was like, okay. God. And then probably what four months later, I was fired. <laughs> oh my god! It was the high of highs and the low of lows. But dude, it was so fucking good that that Mitt Romney. I was, was busy amazing. that uh, yeah that election season. I was a busy boy. I was a little torn too, as far as how I wanted that election to go. Selfishly, yeah, right. It was weird. Yeah, it was quite a conundrum. Well, but look, he keeps coming back. That's why I'd say if you got your Buttigieg is good, just make it four years older, throw a beard on it because yeah, that one's no, gonna be back. I mean these do people do come back and every time Mitt Romney popped it back up in the news, I was like, yeah, keep yeah. going, dude. <laughs> do you have a Google alert with Mitt Romney's name on it? Cause that would, <laughs> I should, but yeah, smart I mean, business. Yeah. I do them in the, yeah. I'm a part of this, uh, you know, cartoon on showtime, our cartoon president, I play Mitt Romney on there and he, the more and more active he gets, the more I, I show up in the plot lines. So like, <laughs> keep, keep doing shit, dude. Hey, I wonder, and by the way, I've seen several episodes of that show, and it is hilarious, but that's that's like yeah, a well big written. mainstream great show, right? Yeah. I, I wonder, have you ever had any sort of reach out from actual Mitt Romney since you're playing him on a massively popular national cartoon lampooning no. him? No. Because that's a photo op right there for him. That's that's him being able to, to smile and be in on the joke a little bit. Well, uh, yeah, but, well... I also do them on Howard Stern and have for years. And those like are that, probably a little like, less. Yeah. I like to come on my wife's tits. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like it's the dirtiest shit. Like, so yeah, I kind of well, don't want that. him to. They went that idea. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like all his sons would beat me up if they ever found me or whatever. Oh, I'm sure they would. Yeah, those Mormon kids, they can fight. That's what they, that's what they really learn when they go on mission trips. They, they, <laughs> they're picking up fucking Mai Tai training and shit. Doing tie boxing and shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do you feel the presence of Lord now? You know, fucking dropping the knees. Just putting them <laughs> in there. Well, hold on a quick second. You know, let's take a break for a, a quick second, Mike. Uh, my, my son has wandered into the room, but we'll take a okay. quick, quick little break. I'll throw a commercial in here. And uh, can I have my coin? You want a what? I want to have my coin. Your coin? What coin? My coin that I just found. Yeah, well. Oh, okay. I know what you're talking about. I'm going to find him his coin, and we'll be right back with you one. Want to take a five break. minute break? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what? Uh, yeah, we'll take a break. We'll be right back. All right. 
Welcome back. It worked. Yeah. It's amazing. This 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 anchor is great, buddy. Nice. That was what we just cut away to was a commercial for anchor by me. Oh. Wow. Yeah. So it's weird. So it's gonna be kind of a you know, us blah blah blah. And then hey, I'm John Wesley. Anchor is amazing. Blah 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 blah. And now back to the show. And then it's me now talking to you, going, Man, anchor sure is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> That's not fake as shit. I know. God damn it. They're going to take away some of the pennies they gave me for reading that ad. So, that, uh, as you know, you and I know each other from back in the laugh stop days. Are you, obviously, you, uh, you've been talking to a lot of uh, old laugh stop bros and broettes. Pro- broettes? Probably, probably space sisters, I guess that would be. Uh, That's a good one. Yeah. Um, you probably space that out a little bit, but you got a lot. Yeah, of a little bit little bit it's been pretty cool you know I, we've had a, a lot of the old guard on you know we've had a sure shit uh oh hell sarah sarah Talamash, uh having an I episode saw that. with her that was really good dude that girl's funny man she's, she's always been damn funny she's hilarious you think at some point are you ever gonna have the do an impression of someone you know like or one of your friends gonna get famous enough that you've got to do one of them now that's a kind of a weird moment for impressionist right like oh that's my buddy. Oh, like I love Bob, it. Like if Bob hit big, how great would that be? I know, yeah. That'd be great. <laughs> and they'd be like, man, they had he had that impression right out of the gate. <laughs> That's fucked up. Yep. Uh, see who else did the uh, oh hell, I had a about an hour and a half long conversation with T Sean Shannon, which was oh nice. Yeah, that was a great one. That was nice to hear about that was like particular graduate class of the last stop in Houston. His was the like the the whole senior class before ours with the whole workshop and yeah, last stop. At least. Yeah, that was that was pretty cool. Yeah, he's done some stuff, man. Yeah, man. We kind of I think our generation was a bit of a weird gap gap generation, you know. How so? Well, because we were still kind of half in the shadow of like Hicks and Kennison and all his buddies right, and that whole yeah, yeah. crew. They were all still around and active and going up and and just starting to kind of fade out. A lot of them, you know, sadly, because they're just older dudes and moving on with their life. But uh, and then and then they were just gone. And then it was just we were we were it. And then we all left. And then brand new people came in and started their whole new thing. That's pretty much how it is now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah, I think, you know, by the time I, I started coming around, a lot of those, I'd see, you know, Andy Huggins and, and so, you know, Jim uh, uh, Patterson. Patterson and some Riley of those. Riley was still guys. around every now and then. Yeah, Riley was around, but, like, I didn't see Pineapple that much. I, they had kind of backed away a little bit. You'd see them at the showcase more than the last Yeah, lap. right. I felt that way, too. Like, well, me and Tommy Drake, we got there. Uh, the same day in 1997 and when we were there i'd say probably till about 99 those, those first two years that we were around you still got a whole lot of t-bone hanging around fred greenlee right um, and that's you know what i mean that makes sense because i started at the very end of 99 sarah tolamash and i started on the first the same day Dude, that's crazy. there was another couple that we had that had done the same thing. Two other comics I talked to that had done that. Yeah, yeah. It's weird how that There's happened. A couple like, of us, yeah. You and Tommy were a pair, and then me and Talamash, and then uh, that's a trip, isn't it? 
Ben, maybe Mowbray. Mowbray and Bischoff, <laughs> Bischoff me, but that makes sense because they were already friends. They were already buddies. That's uh, <laughs> think about how many days nobody worth a shit showed up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there, there's yeah, there are some long. I'd say it's about two hundred to there. one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that that wasn't happening every week. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't like a, a sitcom where every every week there's a brand new two pair of great comics who are going to be around <laughs> for thirty years. No, not a lot of that. Not quite. God, it, yeah. The thing is, what's crazy about now? I don't know because you're in Austin comedy scenes are different than it was when we started because it felt like there was a higher washout rate when we were, when we were starting where like if people just weren't funny and weren't catching on and weren't getting good at it, they just stopped coming around after a while Usually, or they just sort of, they blended into the audience. Remember that they would just sort of, yeah. well, I'm not, I'm not trying anymore, but I, I like to come watch you guys. So there was like a very clear where like, like baseball, they didn't advance to the next league. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. But now people don't fucking go anywhere, man. They, they show up and they just stay open micer for the rest of their life. And they all, so everyone shows up and no one leaves. So it's like, it's a big crowded. There were a few of those though in our day, I mean, to be sure. Oh yeah. Th- I think we know exactly who, I don't want to say their names because they're like Candyman or, or fucking oh, Beetlejuice. Yeah. Don't mention yeah. them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the, the one whose initials are AK. Ah, you know that one. Yeah, Let's yeah. go with AK. Sure. Me and me and Sarah were cracking up because we were like, he's going to show up on our honeymoon. He'll just be there. Ah! He's oddly omnipresent. Yeah, like dude, he was the king about like you. You try to like remember we you know laugh stop shows are over. We bop bop over to Cecil's, hop somewhere else. Like there was always like two or three little jumps to the next bar, and purposely no one would tell him. And then all of a sudden, boom, he's just standing you know. there at the bar already. You're like, God damn. I used to call him the Holy Spirit, remember? <laughs> because he's always <laughs> because he's always with us. <laughs> yes, that was my favorite nickname for him. Uh, let's not say the actual name. No. Let's just then there was the AK. Italian Wedge. I don't know if you're oh. talking about <laughs> Yes. Okay. Yeah. So there, there, there was a fair share of that type. Yeah. Well, but now they're now they're legion. Now there's fucking dozens of them. There's a dozen holy spirits just filling up everywhere. Well, there's. I think one of the differences is like back in our day, there was the Monday open mic, and that's it. Mm -hmm. Now, I mean, there is every possible do-it-yourself show in every possible stage, every possible venue. Uh, you know, yeah. there's just more opportunity. Every night of the week, three, four shows right. at least. Weird ones that pop up in strange places all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. there's no, like, Matt, there, that's what I loved about the Monday open mic vibe that we had at the Laugh Stop back in the day, because it was it was the weekly check-in. Exactly. People, you only saw them on Monday night and you kind of cut, cut up, catch up over the week and see what new three minutes they've got. Yeah. It was, yeah. Uh, it was, a, there was a weekly cycle and it was based around that Monday open mic. There wasn't anything that was a parallel to it at all. <laughs> no, that was the only time where everybody was together when you had full assembly. And didn't the laugh spot try to do an open mic for a while. And then it just like completely like they, no one went or it just totally fizzled or something. It, oh yeah. It had no vibe to it. That was the, that was the Willowbrook mall one. And I want to mm-hmm. say it was Tuesday. They tried to do Tuesday. It was either Tuesday or Sunday. It was the night before the night after. I can't remember. Yeah. But that was the problem is 
all the comics would show up and there would be no audience. There was there wasn't like any kind of bar hangout vibe like you had at the last stop right. in the front room. So there was it was just lame. There was no there was no scene to it, man. There was no no action. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, and you had to drive to fucking Willowbrook. Yeah, that's also <laughs> I mean, I feel bad complaining about having to travel, you know, a ways to do <laughs> comedy. But, like, honestly, for people not familiar with Houston, driving anywhere from the center of town to Willowbrook. Ugh. You got to go past two loops to get to fucking Willowbrook from. Oh, uh, so far. From the Montrose. Yeah, no. Uh, I don't like going outside the one loop when I when I was living in the neighborhood. No way. <laughs> Shit. I, I live up in the woodlands now, so I'm a completely different creature. I don't even feel like I live in Houston anymore. Once it, I got out, you know, north of uh, six ten, I was like, nope. I'm yeah, no it's a different. Yeah, it's a different uh, situation for sure. But uh, but still, it's impossible to get me to go into that neighborhood now because it's just so far away. <laughs> it's like well, I love it. The flipped. food's good. My friends live there, but I'm like, ugh, ugh, I got to get out of there by at least three, or I'm stuck. Right. Yeah. No. It's yeah. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. I miss those days, man. I'm sure that's been said before, but. Yeah, you know, I think that's what you don't know in comedy at the time is it's just like college that you're all together getting your education for about four years and then you splinter off and then you're working all the different places and you don't see your friends anymore. You're all working the same places and staying in the same fucking condos. Right. You know, and you're friends with all the same wait staff and managers and all the other shit. But just at you're different doing, times. Yeah, it's at different times, man. You're like, you're like, uh, Oh shit! Like like sort of wandering nomads on the same path. Yeah, you know, basically, like like Pony Express drivers. You remember each other from training, and other than that, you never see each other ever again. But then, but then you'd come back, and then Monday you'd all regroup. That was so that was so great about when I you know was doing the road a lot out of Houston, and then you come back, and then Monday is is there. It's Those are my favorite Mondays, is because you felt like you were coming back like like the fucking Emperor Cincinnatus. Yeah, you know, you've you've brought home victory. I have the bag of cash from Abilene, and I just right. came back home from the gig. And yeah, yeah. I have a new story. Or I was at Hyenas for the weekend, and I drove all day to get here. <laughs> <laughs> or, or more more likely, I featured at Hyenas for two weeks, and now I'm broke, and I rode the bus back. Right. Here. Yeah. That's why I took all day <laughs> to get from Dallas to Houston. Yeah. Exactly. And can someone come get me from downtown and bring me to the last stop so I can get high? <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Yeah. Not anymore. No. No. Now we're. Uh, and now there's nothing. Fuck, dude. Yeah. I don't, I don't even. Ugh. Well, are you got to be a little bit uh, ahead of the game? You're in the catbird seat. You're a voiceover artist. You do all these. Uh, uh, amazing impressions on different radio shows and cartoons and things like that. So, and you, you do straight up cartoon VO like anime work and things like that. So I'm guessing for all the other comics who are completely fucked, you might just be mildly fucked, right? Like you, uh, you're already it, in the business. Well, you know, I'm still scratching my way at, you know, it's, it's not, it's not super comfortable. Like, <laughs> you know well but you didn't just think like five grand into merch shirts that you sell right i <laughs> mean but gloves and now you're like fuck i gotta turn these into face masks but i you know i lost some corporate stuff you know that when all this happened and that pays a lot and you know 
um, production for some things slowed down a little bit. So I, you know, I am able to, rec- I was able to record for that cartoon in my sort of makeshift studio, such as it is here. Like we, we got all the technical things worked out so I can record that from where I live, which is pretty great. But uh, that's, that, that's why I think animation is going to be one of the last, uh, last methods of entertainment that's going to kind of suffer because they, they can get the animators to sit at home in quarantine with their big badass fucking Macs and, and work on stuff and they can get voiceover people to set up a studio and send stuff in. So you can, it can kind of, the work can be done isolated as long as everyone has their equipment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I just need more of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I got to ask you something a little controversial though. Uh Oh, uh, as we've seen recently, there's been a rash of people who have either felt pressured or just felt whatever and had to and quit their characters, their voiceover jobs. Because, oh, yeah. Because yeah, they yeah. were white actors playing people of color. Uh-huh. What's uh, what's the what's the take on that from inside that business? It feels like that's a that's kind of a game changer isn't it can people only play their own race now in, in I, stuff? well it, it seems to be like you know if it's a thing that people just get terribly upset about you know I, you got to move with people you know the things that people get offended about or get upset about seems to just expand and not contract this is true. Um, and it's as unavoidable as weather. There's no complaining that's going to change it. It happens and you adjust, right? Yeah. I mean, that's just how people are now. And it's like, I'm not saying it's good or bad, but it is the reality. So I guess that's just what has to happen is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you can only do this or that. And it's not something I'm terribly upset about. It doesn't affect me, except like I do impressions of people who aren't white. That's, right. That, is that I mean, something you've had to so, think about, or anyone said anything to you about? No it? one I mean, said anything, really. Uh, we'll see if anyone does. But like uh, for the Jimmy Dore show, you know, I do Barack Obama. Uh, I do, you know, occasionally Herman. I used to do Herman Kane a lot. Um, we'll see if I start getting yeah. a bunch of flack for that. Uh, that that would, uh, I mean, you know, we'll see. But like, I'm the that's only a one. Tough one. It's different. Like I, the other thing is, it's like. Well, I'm like, I, for that show, Jimmy Dore show, I'm the only voice guy. Like I do, I'm the one that does impressions on there. So it's not like there's a cast where like there, we have a, a <laughs> Well, there is, it's you. <laughs> well, right. It's just me. So it's like, all right, you know, you're not allowed to do Barack Obama anymore or whoever. It's not like he's going to hire someone else to do that. There just won't be a Barack Obama on that show anymore because I won't do it. Yeah, you know right. I'm saying? So it's not like a, a like a cast like the Simpsons or something. It's a very different uh, situation. So I don't you know, the fact that I've I've do impressions of people sometimes that aren't white does hasn't in the past seemed to really bothered anyone, especially <laughs> since like I was the president of the United States. I think the president gets a that's like a that's like a free space pass for any impression. Right. I mean, everyone has to be able to do with the president. Yeah. Male or female, if it had been Hillary, I would I had no problem whatsoever with guys doing a Hillary voice. It is what it is, right? If you it's can, like, yeah, that'd be something. Yeah, that'd be that'd be interesting to pull. It might yet have, have an amazing range to pull that one off, right? Mm-hmm. But that's uh, I wonder too about like 
are we seeing i think i think it, well first let me just give my opinion i think it's an overcorrection it's fixing something that ain't broke because mm-hmm. you know for better or worse voiceover artists uh actors they're they're artists who are performing a talent to do something mm-hmm. it's not a reality show it's not a straight representation depiction of something right, right. so you're taking away people's creative ability to become a different person. All acting is becoming a different person. And that doesn't mean that all those people, it's a skill to be able to be of one race and play another accurately and artistically. Right. So it's, to me, it's taking away people's creative expression. And I, that, you know what? And I hate making this argument because I feel like somewhere someone's already preloaded a rebuttal against that to, that makes me sound like a fucking racist you know and i'm like i would go the other way around too i, I don't that's one of the few places i think you can actually have legit colorblind casting is in voiceover if someone makes the right voice and it works the same you know as long as they're not fucking doing a straight up minstrel mammy voice i mean that would be the fucking exception where you'd be like, okay, this is ridiculous. Right. I mean, obviously, yeah, I think all reasonable people would agree. But, actors, that, like, but, but think about actors, man. I mean, like fucking dude, Daniel Day Lewis is going to be canceled because he's fucking played everything. I don't even know what he is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I think it's like, I think the rebuttal to be or the rebuttal to that would be like, well, then you're taking work away from yes. actors of color or whatever, uh, which I, I guess I could see that. I, I just don't have super strong opinions either way. And to me, it's just like, okay, if you're that bothered by it, you know, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to like, uh, draw this line in the sand and fight over it <laughs> well it, I but yeah either... if people are saying but it, but yeah if someone were to say to me like you're racist because you're doing an impression of or a, you know a major political figure who's not white i i will think that's pretty stupid <laughs> <laughs> i mean what, i mean if you like if you yes. d- corner me into that space i'm gonna be like all right come on man well i don't know i i think what's i have i have difficulty uh, dealing with it because it feels like it's just so over the top on the nose, you know, but mm-hmm. I guess it is what it is. And I think too, like, okay, let's say you're a guy who works at a, a factory or you're someone who works for an insurance company. And, and I'm basically just saying a civilian with a regular job who works for a company slash corporation, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if they get discriminated against and they lose their job because of it or whatever, that seems to be like a bigger deal than someone in entertainment losing a gig because we're all used to losing gigs yeah. for no good reason with no explanation instantly, suddenly. And then you just have to fucking deal with it and move on to the next gig. Right. So. It's- yeah. I would, you know, I'd venture to guess that this is a concern that's held by a pretty small number of people. I think most people on earth or in this country have way bigger concerns than, you know, who's playing Apu on the Simpsons or whatever. <laughs> well, yeah, they went from who's playing Apu to hold on. Why is there Apu? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're like, never mind who's doing the voice. This is, this is examine the whole fucking character. Mm-hmm. But then again, this is where I think it takes a shit on art is, all right, I like to write shows. I like to write stories. Right. Not every story, not every character is perfect of up, upstanding moral fabric. 
you sometimes you have to write characters. Actually, the best writing is characters who are flawed and have problems. And sometimes people are problematic in real life. So you mm-hmm. write those characters because you want them to have action and to do things and to create friction. You can't just write a what essentially is a fucking United Nations pamphlet on how to not kill each other of everyone being smiley. And, the you know, it's that's not. <laughs> that's that's a different animal altogether. If you had to just have some, if you just wrote, um, what's my point? If you just had to write uh, content programming that was completely positive and everyone's just perfectly represented to 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 thousands of focus group satisfaction, it wouldn't be entertaining. It wouldn't be interesting. It would just be fucking some sort of weird utopian existence with no conflict like at the end of every show they've solved all their problems and they hug it out right and that's unless they don't want to be hugged and then don't touch them right (laughs) and then that's a sitcom you know yeah right not everything is a sitcom yeah you have to write shitty characters right yeah to to expose their flaws to expose their faults to have them have redemption to have them suffer uh, consequences for it you know so you you're not creating i don't know i don't know i could go on in this and it's just a pain in the ass i should just shut up well no i mean you're right it is sort of it is a weird we're having a like a weird turning point or inflection point for so much of this stuff that like i think it's it's good to think about it and be like wait does that make sense why what uh i think about that all the time <laughs> well i i wonder how, yeah, well, that's my question for you is how much do you now think about it? Do you do you find yourself where you feel like you are you discouraged or are you making the business decision to not pursue making impressions of people who aren't exactly your racial background? No, not really. I think impressions are a little different thing than what the animation thing, mm-hmm. you know, it's like uh I feel it's different. I think the audience is going to feel it's somewhat different. I don't really have a whole lot of that in my, like I used to do Morgan Freeman in my act, but like, you know, that's just kind of become an overdone thing. But <laughs> I don't uh, think so. I think it's funny as hell. <laughs> uh, but it, so, yeah. So at the time, you know, there was a time where I had a few uh, impressions of black people, but, you know, I was doing those specific people. And no one seemed to get very upset about it. I just haven't. I think there's something different about if you're a stand up doing a bunch of impressions. If you're doing someone who isn't white, I I just I feel like right now, but that could change, you know, who knows? And I will be people will inform me or cancel me or whatever. If if it gets to this sort of like cultural turning point where that's how (laughs) people feel, you know, Uh, you can't, you know, because I. I could never have predicted the way people think about certain things like they do now. It never would have occurred to me in a million years. And I'm, I'm not even talking about this specifically, but just the whole thing. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Like yeah. I would never have predicted any of it. You know, it so, blows my dad away. My dad, who was uh, born in 1950, he's straight up boomer. Sure. And it fucking befuddles his mind to see that socialism and communism is like on the upswing again. Oh, like that yeah, fucks that, him up. He's like, like what? what? Oh, like he, he just cannot fucking process it, dude. Like he, he shorts out. Like he just. <laughs> like he thought that shit was settled. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I was like, well, that's how we feel about the Nazi thing too. But 
Y'all yeah. keep bringing that shit back around. That's fucking mm-hmm. crazy. Uh, oh, hey, let me ask you real quick. And I appreciate you taking some time today, Mike. Uh, my I pleasure, got my, man. I got my laundry done, so that's good. Okay, right? nice. Thanks for your help on that. I, I got to do it when it's still warm or it gets all wrinkly and just, you know, loses its verve, you know. Oh, I know what you mean, man. But um, uh, do you think... Uh, well, I'm going to ask you here. Just I'm going to see if I if you can do a, a voice by hire, or if you already have it, or if it's in your range. Uh, David Bowie, can you do a David Bowie? You mean singing or talking? Just talking. Just the interview, David Bowie. I don't really. Yeah, I don't. I don't think so. I, I... All right. Well, I'm, I'm putting in a requisition Why? order. Me and me and Tommy Drake will call you. We have a. We may need a David Bowie. Oh, okay. All right. It's a, it's a Tommy Drake production, so you know there is pay. All right, so don't 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 get bent out of shape. I mean, maybe I can, you know I can do those a lot of those <laughs> British rocker guys pretty you know pretty well. I, I'd have to list, like I said, I don't have his voice totally in my head. I'd like right now, so I'd have to hear that. All right. Well, we'll work- a, sorry if that's anticlimactic. That's the it's always no, it's like I'll do the radio here, like Dudley and Bob. And they'll be like, what, uh, are you working on any new voices? And I want to be like, <laughs> yeah, but I'm not going to do the half-ass version here. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, yeah. Especially Dale Dudley. It was be like, no, his favorite thing is like, no, that doesn't sound like him. Oh, fuck you. That sucks. So that's I'm just a, like. That's a shitty, that's a shitty boo to a, to a, like a comic. Oh mm. yeah. Yeah. He, he loves that. Like, well, fuck you. You do it then. Let me hear. Let me hear your Morgan Freeman. Well, then I just do. Uh, I do my impression of Dale. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, so, what's your free bird? What's the one people make you do? Um. It, oh, it varies. There's no single one. I mean, people are like depends how where they where in your timeline they met you or what they know me from. Yeah. Like, right. Is it Mitt uh, Romney? Is Harrison, it Harrison Ford? Harrison Ford or Mitt Romney or, uh, Ozzy. The Ozzy was really good. Yeah. But that's, you know, that's another one I haven't, uh, done in a long time. Did, did it become dated? Is that what happened? I think so. Yeah. I think for certain people that just like, uh, a, like their kind of moment is, over it doesn't feel like a very relevant thing or so like if i notice like lots of other people doing it then i'm like ah uh, yeah sort of like then i'm you know you, you, you have to learn to it's the same with jokes you know like it's just bits you know like you'll do a bit after a while you're like this just doesn't ring right anymore <laughs> no, I mean, yeah too many people are making the sharon voice or you joke yeah. you're like okay fuck it turns or just like a, i mean even like a regular joke you know like a regular stand-up bit you know you, oh, yeah. as time goes by you're like all right that's that even if it still works you're like that mm-hmm. doesn't feel right anymore i've got plenty of those dude i feel like a whore yeah, you know, well, you're up there and, you, and you're doing it. You just you feel like you're just doing the monkey grinder dance. Though. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you have to, though. Yeah, I think about whenever I have to, whenever I find myself doing some of the old chestnuts for a, for a gig, I just think about like, okay, alternate timeline. I didn't pursue comedy. What would forty four year old John Wesley be doing right now for work? <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. 
I'd be at the brick factory fucking loading in clay. Yep, this is better. I'll do this old joke. That ain't so bad. Exactly. Yeah, it could be way worse. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You have to remind yourself that it could be worse. That's never, no one ever does that at one of the great moments of their life. (laughs) That's true. No one's accepting their Oscar on stage and the lights and having that quiet, slow motion moment going, man, this is better than fucking making bricks or bailing hay. (laughs) But they've, they've passed through those moments, I'm sure. Yeah, ain't that the truth? Well, let me ask you, uh, uh, Mike. I get down to the my final question here. Oh, and, uh, uh, I end every after later episode with this line of questioning. It's a little bit like uh, James Lipton. Uh oh. Okay. So, what's your favorite curse word? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Fart. <laughs> it's perfect. I no. would say darn it. <laughs> <laughs> darn it. That's too good. He would. That uh, Mitt would cover his mouth instantly as soon as Darn it came out. Like, darn it. Oh, right. Oh, I just shouldn't have said that. Oh, good lord. I'm so sorry. So sorry. I didn't know there was children present. Oh, damn. Oh, I said damn. So what's the question? You're getting me nervous. All right. No, no, it's not bad at all. No, because uh, I started doing the After Later podcast right uh, uh, third week of March, right when everything shut down and you knew. So it was the right. beginning. Okay. I say it was the beginning of the end of the world, right? And I figured, okay, my life and industry have completely collapsed. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's say this gets worse. <laughs> yeah. Let's say this escalates into a full-blown Great Depression. Let's say this escalates into a goddamn utter and complete collapse of our society where it just goes Mad Max. Let's say this goes Mad Max. Let's say this goes Walking Dead. How, how, what skills do you have? None. That you could survive with? None. Not nothing. Yeah, simple. I don't, you know, I I worry about this all the time. I don't have anything. What do other people say? You know, like some sort of trade they've picked up along the way. Like, oh, you know, I'll I'll fix bicycles or I can garden. I can farm. I'm a hunter. I I have several. I've had several hunters. I don't have any of that. (laughs) You ever, you think you could, like, let's say, because here's another way I get to the question is, let's say, it's been Start a a cult, of, become like a cult leader in a post-apocalyptic now you know, use use rhetoric and and other things to you know trick people into you know forming some sort of cult or war band or something now you would not be the first person who's come up with this idea and i think that's a solid idea because you have the a lot of comics will always throw out well i'll be like the court jester and yeah. i remind them that that is no longer a full-time job all right. Right. It's, you can't you, they're not going to feed you off of being funny at the fire. You're going to also have to farm or be good with a gun or a prostitute. Everybody's a part time prostitute. There's no one who's not a prostitute. Oh, Lord. This is yeah. Grim. yeah, it is very grim. It's a tough warlord that runs this compound. Right. So you have to. But that idea of taking your comedy skills and using them to to create a new character, especially your gift of voices, you you could. You could do like the king did on Walking Dead. And he was basically just a community theater guy who worked at a zoo. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden now he's the king who has a fucking tiger because he has the voice and he does Shakespeare. Vo- you know, <laughs> everything he does is an iambic pentameter for that. You know, so you could do that. You could create a cult. Now you are the warlord. Now you have to be the one who gets people to do your bidding. Or yeah, or I'd be like a high priest or something for, you know, the working in tandem. I mean, if, if we're if we're going turning the clock back to very early human societies, there were certain ways in which they worked. And um, 
you know there was a uh, there was a there was a warlord uh uh third there was a fighter third of society there was a uh, sacerdotal or worship third of society and then there was the worker third so my best bet is to become head you know druid or whatever <laughs> yeah. in this post-apocalyptic uh thing works oh dude that's actually genius where like okay let's say you start you have your small community that you're the the cult leader of and then you get swallowed up basically by the larger warlord Right. So do you basically get subjugated by them? Do they just kill you off or no, no, no. You make the pitch of, hey, 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 hold on. Now I'm your high priest and I bring you good luck. And you should learn dousing or water witching. Right. So that you can. Oh, look, I use my magic spirit. Oh, I found water that doesn't have shit in it. Oh, drink this and be, your people shall be healthy. Right. So you got to come up with some some of that that uh, that that bullshit patter that they that they come up with. Right. Or, yeah, just, you know, if you can be in charge of cultic ritual that helps define the community and who's a part of it and who's not. Oh, yes. That's, oh. that's, that's what, like, that's what in early societies that, that role uh, was. So if I can concoct that, and then I'll, then I'll be set. Dude, I can see that. Like, okay, we've got some new recruits. They've gone through the, the physical trials, right? They've uh, each has eaten their... 15 pounds of shit to prove their worthiness and now they stand before the vizier <laughs> and then you come out like you know with the the white paint all over and everyone's chanting and you're clearly on yeah, mushrooms and a bear skin you know on my head you know like a bear, like the head of a bear on top of my head or whatever with like a giant staff that's made out of ar-15s that were rec- right yeah, yeah. You know, and you're like, oh, and then you're like, bam, you hit him right in the fucking. Yeah, so you have to to figure out spectacle and everything. You basically make them take the knee in front of you, and then you just, like, butt of the gun, bam, right in the fucking nose, and they fall over, and then that's the. No, 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 no. You you can only be baptized in blood in this society, man. You can't. I I don't know. Yeah, no, I I, I think you're looking at it wrong. Okay, well, are we going to give them tequila shots? I mean, what are they, bros now? This isn't a, this is. It's a hazing, man. Well, is that is that what we're doing, or are we constructing? Uh, it is. Oh no! You, I mean, you, you're making it more grim than it probably has to be. It's gonna be grim. It's gonna be grim, Mike. What about like a okay, okay? I'm a, okay, a brand. I, but I'm. What about a brand? You hit him with a brand, like a switch? No, no. Like you're burning, uh, you're burning the the symbol of the the warlord into their chest. You know, like that's. You're talking about having the ritual where they're a part of the clan, right? Oh shit, we said clan. Uh oh, we're canceled. Not, oh, not necessarily. Shit. I mean, you're talking about cycles of the the year. We're talking about feasts and the sacrifice of animals, um, and and just certain rituals that are going to be endemic to whatever tribe. That we're a part of. So you're going to put on some fucking Ren Faire type festivals and shit for them. Like uh, every equinox or solstice, you're going to. Yeah, make, that's how early societies uh, marked time. You guys. So, yeah, my, my goal is to like, t- if we're, we're collapsing back into Stone Age or early Bronze Age or something, you know, that's how things were done. So I just need to rejigger this sort of uh you know human sense of this stuff that's sort of embedded 
in society, like in our minds in a subconscious level. I just need to tease that out and make a structure out of it. And then, yeah, then I'm like the head druid and, you know, it'd be pretty cush. That's a great, yeah, that's a great gig. That is a great gig. That's very smart. You just, the trick is you have a constituency of one. As long as you keep the warlord happy and buying into it, everyone else. Right. He and I will have a symbiotic relationship. Yeah. That's cool. I think okay. I think I got to figure it out. I think you got to figure it out. So you, all you have to really, the hard part, Mike, is you just got to survive like the first year. That's when things are the craziest, right? So you hunker down, you, you build your core group, right? That you can indoctrinate. You need. If you learned anything from Charlie Manson, you got to have some some pretty girls. If you don't, you don't. If you don't have pretty girls, you don't have a cult. You just got a fucking sausage cult. You, That's true. That ain't gonna. No right. one. That ain't attracting anybody to it, right? What are you going to have a bunch of fat dudes like me dance around a maypole? That's not going to inspire any love and shit in the, in the community. So survive the first year. And then when society starts reforming, you make that move and you're the fucking, you're the Pope, man. Yeah, basically I'm the, yeah, the pagan Pope. Yeah. Good gig. All right. Well, don't forget me. I'll be the fucking farmer. Who's also a prostitute. Okay. It sounds like you're aiming, like you're aiming for prostitute. Uh, like that seems to be embedded in your plan, no matter what. <laughs> you know, a boy can dream. Thanks again to my guest today, Mike McRae. You can follow Mike on Twitter at Mike McRae. Mike. Now, McRae is spelled M-A-C-R-A-E. If that helps. M-A-C-R-A-E. That's how he spells the Ray part of McRae. I, I butchered that, but that was a fun conversation, man. It's great to hear kind of how how he builds the different voices. You know, it's such a cool thing. I wish I could do it. I could do, like, characters, but I can't do, like, established impressions very well. Uh, but I hope he gets that David Bowie down. I got plans for that David Bowie. <laughs> hey, I want you to go out there and have a great Fourth of July weekend. Uh, spend some great time with your family, uh, have some good food, relax, and uh, if you have to leave the premises, make sure you wear a mask and wash your goddamn hands. And I'll be back strong next week with some new episodes. Uh, have some holes lined up in the schedule that I'm still looking to fill. Uh, always on the lookout for interesting and unique people to bring uh, here to the table on the After Later podcast. If you think you fit the bill, hit me up on Twitter. That's at John Wesling, J-O-H-N-W-E-S-S-L-I-N-G. Or the show's Twitter, After Later, A-F-T-E-R-L, number eight, letter E-R. Or the show's Facebook page is After Later Podcast. And my comedy Facebook page is John Wesling Official. Thank you to my sponsors. Uh, been great being in business with them so far. Uh, Alamo Remedy CBD. That's alamoremedy.com. Uh, enter the promo code after later at the checkout. That's after later, all one word, all caps. Uh, and you'll get 10% off of your order, off of all products. And uh, free shipping for orders over 49. I just got uh, my CBD products, and I gotta tell you, I dig them. They are very, very cool. It's uh, feeling very tranquilo while taking the CBD capsules. Those are my favorite so far. I uh, also have the, the tincture. You just sort of put the little dropper underneath your tongue. Gives you that peaceful, easy, covered in olive oil feeling. And uh, uh, and the lotion, putting the lotion on my back. 
Uh, so yeah, thanks to them, and I recommend them strongly, and you should get some too, because they're really, really good, they're really affordable, and uh, they get to you quick. They ship anywhere in the country. So that was like a whole extra bonus ad for them right there. I didn't even mean to do it. And of course, Old Umble Straight Whiskey. Uh, I had some last night, and uh, it was great. It was great. I tell you, it's, it's, it, it, it's, it's perfect for what it's supposed to be. You know what I mean? It hits you hard, goes right to your head, clean right through it. It's an excellent brown liquor. Uh, it's made by Old Humble Distillery. Uh, you can go to oldhumbledistilling.com and uh, find out where they sell it near you. If you're in the Houston area, go to Specs and get you some Old Humble Straight Whiskey. Big thanks to my benefactors. That's my friends who threw a couple of bucks in the tip jar. Uh, Scott Henry, Tommy Drake, and James Herring. Uh, throwing some money in. That's great. Appreciate it. Buying Whataburger. Buying the Xbox Game Pass. Uh, if you'd like to be one as well, just go to anchor.fm slash after later. There's a little support button there. Throw some money in the digital tip jar and you will have my eternal gratitude. Uh, other than that, I think we reached the, the end of our party. Oh, my album still available out there. It's called Warm at First. Thanks to the fine people at 800 Pound Gorilla Records. It's available just about everywhere. It's a clean album, so you can listen to it with the family. Hey, there you go. Fourth of July weekend. Yeah, looking for some family entertainment? You can listen to my comedy album. It's clean, I swear. <laughs> that should be the tagline. It's clean, I swear. <laughs> yeah, other than that, i uh, got great episodes coming for you next week, and I hope to have you back. Okay, so we'll talk to you again on Monday. Uh, this is the After Later Podcast. I am your host, John Wessling. Till next time, bye. Keaton, say bye. Bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs> Nailed it.